All right, guys, Shay Myers with Hawaii Produce. I am on the inaugural uh, start of the Produce Common Sense podcast. Um, for the plethora of you that don't know me, I'm a third generation farmer and I've been back in our farming operations since 2005. Uh, I have a lot of special guests that'll be part of this introduction uh, episode. And the reason that I'm going to have all of these folks here is because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for all these other people. And these are uh, everyone ranging from my grandmother who's sitting next to me right now to um, my uncle Craig and my mom and my cousin Chase. And there's, there's just too many of us uh, for me to even name everyone right now. But uh, I hope that you'll follow along and be a part of the podcast. The idea of this podcast is to produce common sense, to share uh, insights about where your food comes from uh, and get into the details in some aspects, and also to talk about other parts of uh, the community and the world that we live in, to try and interject common sense and understanding about all things. So I hope to learn along the way, and as I'm learning along the way, I hope to uh, bring you along with me as I'm learning. So I, without further ado, I will introduce you to my grandma. I am Colleen Frohr. I am grandmother to many children and grandchildren and four children. We lost one in, down in the irrigation ditch of ours, but he was a good kid. Had was learning a lot of things in life. I have enjoyed life. I have been Enjoyed being around farming all my life. I still take care of the books and try to pay the bills and uh, hope to be able to be part of the family for as long as I can mentally do that. How old are you now? I am 87, almost 88. This November, I will be 88 years old. And she can outdo a lot of people in their 40s and 50s, for sure. I'm serious, too. It's a challenge to get up. Sometimes I don't want to do all that, but it makes my brain stay. try to be alert and to stay alert. Sometimes people think I'm not quite with it, but I'm trying as hard as I can. But, but Grandma uh, and Grandpa are the reason that I'm back here. They started um, in the mid-1950s. 1954. My, 1954. Uh, Grandpa came back from the Korean War and worked for... He worked for my father uh, for a year too, until we could try to get enough money. He came back from the war with, with very little money. And uh, they, they worked really hard and created some, created a legacy, something that I, uh, that's really what brought me back to the, to the business. I didn't, grandma will agree here probably that I'm not a very good farmer. Oh, you're, yeah, you're a good farmer, but you're probably a better seller. I'm a better seller than a farmer. She's saying that because she's on camera right now, but I, I'm not very good at fixing things. We can agree that I'm not very good at fixing things. That's I'm true. Not, you, you have yet a lot to learn. A lot to learn. Well, uh, or a lot to learn how to enjoy when it comes to fixing things. Uh, but grandma and grandpa um, really created something that was really special that I wanted to come back and had to help grow and to be a part of. And along the way, they've, and you're going to learn this as you listen to the podcast, um, they let me make lots of mistakes, lots of mistakes. Um, you know, and cause we, we learn from those mistakes and I hope that I can you know, do the same thing as I go forward. If you could, if you could look forward, what would you like to see us as a family, myself as an operator, what would you like to see us do differently? What do you, maybe what's, what's the trajectory change that you would like to see? I don't know if I want to see, uh, anything different, but I would like to stay to see you see close as a family and as a farm family, and 
And that looks less likely to happen more all the time because of the problems that come into farming. It's hard to be in farming and obey all the rules and follow all the new kind of directions like you're hearing. And But I would like you to stay as a close family and be caring and loving of everyone. Now, I guess I want to say that I hope that this is interesting to people that see it. We're not we know we're not any better than anyone else. We're, we're hard workers. We just try to make a good living and be good people. Uh, the farm is life. It gives us life and a reason to be alive and a reason to chirp. We've all learned how to work. Maybe that we've learned that too much because we don't know how to quit sometimes, but we all work hard and have all wanted the farm to be part of our lives. You know, I just, I, I think you can all figure out why grandma's been such a powerhouse and, and uh, a key figure in, in the farming operation and how um, important she is in every aspect of what we do as a matriarch, um, as a board member, and as a grandmother. Thank you for being here, uh, for taking this, Shay. It's always good. It's hard to get Shay to sit down this long. It's good to be able to catch him and let him talk this long to me. He's a busy boy. So now I have my uh, Uncle Craig here. Uh, my Uncle Craig is probably, well, I can say for sure that I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't even be in the farming operation if it wasn't for him because he was a huge piece of generation number two. So we still have uh, generation one, two, and three all working together, which is pretty unique to have three generations um, working on an operation together. Um, I'll let Craig do his introduction, but I'll say that, uh, you know, he has, Craig has a great willingness to take risk in some ways. I think farming is always risky. Yeah, risk. Uh, but he's willing to take risk on people and letting them learn uh, and advance and, and improve themselves and realizes that you have to be able to uh, let people stretch their wings. Um, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. We've certainly grown crops where we thought we would make it work and crops where we haven't made it work. And, uh, so that's kind of a summary of how I see my uncle Craig, aside from all the things that he's done as a, an uncle and a father figure for me and all the things he's done and, uh, you know, guiding me, uh, within the business. For self first, I'm Craig. Uh, I was born and raised, uh, within a half mile of where I presently live, been there for a long time, so a lot of years. Just so everybody knows, I was involved more in the, the farming, the agriculture side of it, and we were growing commodities for other packing facilities. My grandpa Bybee started a packing facility in the 30s, and then that went bankrupt in the early 70s, or didn't go bankrupt. They just uh, dissolved and became another entity that my uncle ran, and then... Uh, but my dad had been part of that, and he could see that there was an opportunity to vertically integrate. And uh, we had talked about that many times, and we thought, we're growing all these onions, and we're just making a little bit on them. We might as well be making the next step. And so we, uh, when Shay wanted to come back, we thought that was a great opportunity, and timing was great. Uh, the market was extremely good that year, as good as it's ever been since I've started farming, and gave us the, the cash to be able to do our first packing shed in Nessa. And uh, 
We would not have done that without Shay. Shay was the tool that made that happen. We started pretty blind. We did not have any idea what we were doing. We just knew that it should be better than what we were doing. And so we, we started that operation. We rented a shed in Adrian the first two years. And then uh, after we had that good year, we built the facility in Nessa and started. And then we had a, a snow impact that collapsed all those buildings. And when that happened, we moved to Idaho to get away from the politics of the Oregon side of the river, which we farm on both sides of the river anyway. What would you say the single biggest change that you've seen in your lifetime? Uh, technology, without a question. I mean, uh, that's one thing my dad hated. Uh, he had a tractor that we still have that he loved, uh, and we use it on the farm still on a regular basis. Uh, it's a 285 Massey Ferguson. There's no electronics. Uh, there's no uh, GPS, no anything like that. And that was his favorite tractor because he could hop on it and get done what he needed to do. He didn't have to turn the GPS on to make it drive and get the rows straight. He didn't like that. He took a lot of pride in making rows straight. Uh, very uh, tasking job because you had to look down the row exactly straight ahead of you and drive straight all day. And uh, when GPS came out, he thought that was a terrible thing because then it took the pride away from a farmer and it made it too easy and everybody could do it. And you didn't have to have that skill set to be able to do that job. Uh, I mean, with that, we'll, uh, we'll keep introducing, I think, uh, got a couple more family members. I'm not going to get everyone here just because there's so many in this group that are participating. How many, we're at eight families now. Is that right? Yeah, I don't really uh, a lot of us, a lot, uh, and we all contribute in different ways. You're going to see that. You'll hear that as we, you know, as we have these conversations and introductions. We're, we're just all doing different aspects of the business, and it's not, you know, we, it requires all of us, just like it requires really all of our employees. Um, every person has their their point of contact and their contribution, and they are the difference between um, a loss or a win. So now when you get into a multi-generational uh, family business like ours, you get into these strange situations like the one with Kirk over there. Because Kirk and I are like cousins-in-law. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I think that's... That's pretty that's much probably what it a is. term. Yeah. We're cousins-in-law. <laughs> so when, when you work with family and you've got multi-generations, so his wife is my cousin. Um, I work with Craig, um, his father-in-law, every day. And Kirk came back in... 2012. So tell us about yourself and how you ended up back here. Well, <clears throat> I was you a fabric start with your name, Kirk Sessions. <laughs> um, um, I started out being a fa fabricator uh, for a good ten years, and I met Jordan in Utah, and we decided to come up here after a year of marriage and become a farmer. And that is the biggest learning curve I've ever had to learn. So you were like a city slicker and then you came oh, to yeah. the country? Yeah, I had country in me, but mainly city slicker, yeah. Did you wear boots before? Yes. Okay, so you, at least you wore boots. Okay. Boots, right. hat. So you came in 2000 and like, what's, eight or nine? 2012, I came here. Oh, 2012. 2012, March, yep. So what was the most surprising thing when you came back to the farm? Like what surprised you the most? Like what you expected farming to be, but that wasn't, or that you you expected farming not to be, but it was. So everything that I was taught in school, learned, whatever. Um, I honestly thought farmers tilled the ground, put the seed in it. And that was it. Right. That's not it at all. There's so much more that goes into it. It's, it's, it was shocking at first. It was, it really was. 
Um, a lot of other things I didn't expect is uh, mainly the water, the spray, all that other stuff. It really, really blew me away. It's a big difference. A lot of people don't really understand where, where or how your food is grown or, or anything like that. And I even had that disconnect coming up here. So being up here for this long has made me really open my eyes to a lot of things. So what do you tell like your old friends, right? Your, your city slicker friends, sorry, city slickers. Um, what do you, what do you tell them? Like, or what do they ask you? And you're like, no, 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 It's not like that. Is there anything like that? So they think I sit in a cab of a tractor all day and just let the GPS drive me around. Uh, that's not the case at all. Uh, managing farms, water spray people, um, the ground itself. What kind of crop do you, can you put in this type of ground? You know, uh, things like that. Uh, it's not just sitting in a cab all day at all. Do a lot of a lot of manual labor, a lot of interaction with people, and more than I ever thought there would be in farming. Which is the reason for the podcast, right? Is to to share that knowledge uh, with everyone else. And the reason that you find me on social media and stuff like that, it's it's the going back to the core of like how our food is actually produced. And it, and and I found that it surprises many many people, which has led me here, right? Which is why. Um, you know, we, we have the following on our social channels that we do. It's, it's the content and the idea of, well, the, the knowledge that you can gain, um, by, you know, watching what actually happens behind the scenes on a farm. And there's a lot goes on behind the scenes for sure. A lot, a lot doesn't get, I don't know, doesn't get seen by the, by the public at all. Right. And there's way more than anyone would, that I thought anyway, just my, my personal experience. So it's, it's been it's been good to learn. I've learned a lot in the last nine years. So it's, I'm still learning every day to learn. Uh, every day is a school, I should say. Uh, honestly, I like, I like being outside and the, the reward at the end of the year saying, yep, I grew that. And if you screwed up, it's, yep, I still grew that, but it's not good. <laughs> Just the reward of being outside all the time. You get to see, watch it health watch the health of the plant, watch it nurture, you nurture it and grow it. And it's just, that's my biggest thing is the reward at the end of the year. See how your hard work come to fruition. The ingenuity that comes out of a farmer, they can make a mountain out of a molehill, literally. It can patch anything on the side of the road and make your machine work for a couple of days. Uh, ingenuity is pretty good. There's another one. And just, I would, I would have to say you'd have to good ap- have a good aptitude for this type of stuff. I mean, if you don't, you're in the wrong business. You're done. And I think, I think I, I feel out those pretty good. I like it a lot. I might, Shane knows I might screw up a little bit, but here and there, here and there, like everybody does, right? Everybody has their screw ups, but at the same time you take your lumps and you learn from them. Nobody said what I thought they would say. What's that? Hard. Hard. Yeah. I feel like it's so stinking hard. It's hard, but like, you, I, you become accustomed to it, right? So it's really not that hard yeah, anymore. I guess maybe like because I'm trying to sell everything that nobody wants to buy right now. Like I guess maybe that's where I, <laughs> I can see your challenge for sure. Okay, so now we have my mom here with us, and she is the reason that we are in. Yeah, it's her fault that we do fresh pack onions, uh, and and the reason that it hurts that's that it's her fault is because uh, in uh, nineteen what did we decide nineteen ninety nine ninety nine. Uh, we lost our asparagus contracts for the asparagus cannery that was supposed to be taking our product in the uh, here in the northwest, and so uh, we we ventured into fresh pack produce, and uh, mom made some great contacts and learned a lot of lessons. And 
I think that's probably why Craig and Grandpa thought we could fresh pack onions, I think. Yeah, I think they thought it was easy. Yeah, it's easy. Um, and so because they saw that that was happening and that it could be done, um, we now pack, you know, a few million bags of onions every year. And that process, every step of the way since we started, in fact, when we started, I have to put this out there, when we started, my mom and my grandmother had a clothing store. And I mean, fresh packing onions um, back in 2005, six. Um, mom thought you were, she's, she was still going to, like come to work part-time at the packing shed. Yep. And, uh, and she was going to do, uh, you know, keep running the clothing store. And uh, that wasn't even close to really being able to happen because it took a lot more time, which you already knew. Why did, did, why did you think you could do that? Well, cause I thought you were going to have me help sell. So I was going to come help sell till 11 o'clock. I didn't open the store until 11 o'clock and then I was going to go run the clothing store. But it took a little more than that. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, in fact, I remember almost living at the packing shed the first, I mean, like leaving at midnight and coming at four in the morning, it was terrible and not, we couldn't even count inventory. I mean, like keep track of our inventory. We were like, I remember she'd lift me up on the forklift and I'd go walk in between the racks to get counts on pallets and bags. And that seems like something super simple to all of you that are listening and it should be, but when you're doing packing all day and anyway, that this is this is way before computers were keeping track of your inventory. So, uh, not that there weren't there to do it, we but we didn't have the software, so we would. We yeah, didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know what we were doing. So. so, everyone, meet my mom, Robin. So I am Robin. I am the third child of our family farm. I'm involved in probably several aspects. I work a little bit helping on the farm side of things, trying to keep things organized, but mainly here at the packing sheds both here at the onion shed and asparagus, hopefully not the watermelon, at least not as yet. I try to order parts. I collect money. I keep all of our licensing and registrations, that type of thing in order. I'm kind of the finisher upper. She kind of starts things, a lot of things, and doesn't always finish. And so they get handed off to me and maybe some other people here in the office, and we try to finish and complete those things. That's not always an easy task either, but it's something that we really strive to do. Like I said, we want to not be normal. So we try to do things a little above what we feel is necessary so that we can make a difference. I love farm life. I love where we live and the people that are here. We live in a valley full of Great richness, not just in crops, but we have great people around us. I guess you can see uh, where where Robin's influence has come in, in in the operation on that. Yeah, not being normal. I, I think we do be the difference now. You'll see, or there's a difference, but you see the be the difference that's there, that's there below the desk. So we, we you know, hope to be different. And uh, I hope that this podcast is something that's different for you as well. Uh, you've been able to meet not every single uh, family member that's involved in the business because I can't get them all here. Getting everybody here and, and getting five or 10 or 15 minutes out of them is, is actually uh, fairly challenging, especially right now with um, at least three harvests going on at the same time simultaneously. Um, and, and that's something unique about our operation too. We start harvest in April and our last harvest doesn't end until October. So we harvest April through October. Um, and that is something that is not normal uh, for this growing district that we you know, that we farm in. Um, 
again, the podcast, I hope to show those things, the, the non-normal things, but also the things that we consider normal that you may not, the behind the scenes of everything that we do. And if you enjoy what you're hearing and, and, and you want to learn along with me, uh, please like and subscribe to the channel so that you can uh, follow along and know when the new episodes are up. I'm going to have some really, really interesting guests on as well. And uh, people that I certainly agree with and absolutely people that I disagree with. And that's the hope too, is to produce some common sense, some, some things that other people consider to be common sense that maybe can impact the way that I see the world. And hopefully I can do the opposite too, because we're not all right about everything that we think. And that is, you know, kind of the, the big picture aspiration that I have for this podcast is to impact all of us, um, to understand each other and the world that we live in, in a better way. So thank you for listening to the podcast. Stay tuned and keep an eye out for the next one. And uh, we'll keep bringing the good content your way. Thanks.